Welcome to the Kia Beyond the Bill podcast, where we get together with Kia and industry experts to explore the big issues affecting our sector. In today's episode, we're talking about Kia's recently completed project at the Devisers Integrated Care Centre. So Devisers has been described as a healthcare facility for the 21st century and is a great example of both what can be achieved with early contractor engagement, but also the positive impacts of a locally driven healthcare project, which has been designed and delivered with patient and staff experience at its heart. We kicked off today's conversation with Andy Strange, Midlands Regional Partnership Director for NHS Property Services, and Cheryl Parsons, Health Sector Director for Kia. I started by asking Andy what an integrated care centre is. The real key important point about devices was how we developed a new facility that facilitated a whole range of different services working together. So a number of the services are in individual buildings on the existing devices community hospital site. There are primary care services that are provided from GP surgeries separately. And what this building does is really helps to enable a variety of different community and primary care services to come together under one roof and actually work really closely together. And, and the whole ethos of the project and the design and layout of the building really kind of stems from that that starting point. So, you know, the early discussions were ha- we had, uh, particularly with Richard Sanford Hill, the GP and Wiltshire Health and Cares representatives, were really around how we do bring services together to work more closely together. So the building really is trying to facilitate that that much closer joined up working so that for patients like you and I, if, if we have a problem, um, we've got one front door to go into to get a variety of different um, treatments or, or areas of support. The centre's only been open since January. Is it too soon to understand the, the impact on patients and, and staff or are you starting to get some good early feedback already? We'll want to keep reviewing how, how, the, how the building's working over a period of time um, and compare it to some of the other buildings in our portfolio and see how as a building it performs. But certainly we've already had positive feedback from staff. You know, some of them were working in um, what was an old cottage hospital in fairly poor accommodation. We've now got great, fantastic consulting spaces, a, a lovely bright and airy waiting area, a single reception point for people to come into when they're, when they're coming to visit the building. And the reception staff themselves, you know, saying, you know, this is great, this new, new facility. We in Property Services, we do our own patient surveys so in due course, we will do uh, surveys of devices to understand how patients feel about the facility. But I think generally the feedback from patients to the clinicians and reception staff so far has, has been really good. And I think it's been a long time coming, but people are really pleased to see investment in the NHS and devices and the quality of the new facility that, that's actually been delivered there, which is fantastic. Cheryl, you've I've heard you speak before about you going down to, to to look at the project when it was literally just, just a field. So obviously this is a brilliant example of, of what we often refer to in the industry as early contractor involvement. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that in terms of what that means and, and what the benefits of it are? Yes, yeah, so as you say, I remember going down, I think it was a, a lovely sunny June day and looking at a, a field that really was a green field and looking around at the infrastructure and thinking, you know, talking about what might be built there and um, I think when you're engaged right at that early outset I think 
the first thing that's really helpful is to really understand the, the vision and the purpose of what's being built. So, you know, by able to engage early, you really can help to, to plan from the outset. You understand the drivers, you understand you know, what's really important to our to our clients. And, you know, we had the launch workshop was so well attended by so many different stakeholders. And I think often when you're engaged at a late stage, we only have a certain ability to influence at that stage. When you're engaged at the outset, you really can add value from the beginning. And so a good example is where you know, to understand those those drivers, it wasn't just about how the building was going to be used. It was how it was going to be operated going forward. So, you know, we were looking at the fabric first approach. So we were looking at, you know, how can we find the right materials that are then energy efficient and that can lead to, to the lower costs of running um, going forward. So to understand all that from the outset really helps us to build that in so it's not additional costs that we're that we're adding later on in the stage you know we're, we're thinking right from the outset about how it how it can perform in use and what outcomes are rather than just was it built to time budget cost you just start looking much more holistically about the the overall drivers so it's true value for money really then it is absolutely isn't it building that in you yeah. just reminded me of the uh, early workshop, actually, that we had um, that you came down to. I think it was in the Corn Exchange in Devizes, wasn't it? And uh, um, we did we did have a great number of stakeholders there, um, and that enabled us to kind of really work with um, Cheryl and the team to, you know, look at how the services would work together. So we didn't want lots of separate sub waiting areas and um, separate reception areas. We wanted a real uh, building where you know as a patient you come in it, it's one building you don't get the feels lots of different nhs organizations operating from the same facility i think there was a whole load of other stuff we talked about you know we were uh, fairly early on we had to make decisions about uh, thinking about the bream requirements and and minimizing the external envelope of the building to minimize heat loss and how that might impact on the layout um so a whole, whole load of stuff came out of that early engagement i think and and Cheryl and the team were able to really help input into that process so yeah no absolutely and and it was so as you say you know it was a great great example of that stakeholder meeting where you start to really get the engagement of all of those stakeholders who you know they're, they're not used to to the building process they're used to delivering care so you're able to right from the outset kind of take them through that journey to say this is the process that we're going to go through this is the decisions that we need to make on those points and this is what it's going to mean so you almost get that real buy-in right from the outset and and having us involved right from the outset we can we can really help to explain and expand that journey um, that means that when you come to operating that building or using that building you feel like you've been part of of developing something that's that's right for you at the end and I think we you know we looked at critical success factors so what's the what's really driving this project from everybody's point of view and actually what compromises might we need to make or you know how does things like the budget impact the program and you really bring people on on that journey but make sure that the whole team including our kind of our team and supply chain and design team all buy into what's important for the outcomes rather than just what is the process we get to it's all on on the end goal if you like rather than than the the journey i think it's good to bring people together as well wouldn't it to actually get them motivated to feel you know by bringing you on board it helped us i think demonstrate that we've got a real project here we've brought a contractor on board early to uh, 
get people in, in, engaged and, and, and think this is really going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's, you know, it's such a great example of collaboration. When we talk about collaboration, having everybody there. So when you, when you look at early contractor engagement from the outset, if you're all in the room with that shared vision and purpose, then everybody's pulling in the same direction. You buy into that vision and, you know, you can really look for solutions that puts the project at the heart of what we're doing rather than, you know, people working in individual silos or just or just being responsible for their task. Give us some examples then, Cheryl, of, of things that we introduced or elements of the building or elements of the design that um, having that early contractor engagement led to. So one of the key things was really thinking about, you know, the lessons learned that we could build in for the building fabric. So we've recently undertaken a passive house scheme, our our leisure centre, and we were able to bring some of those principles really early into the decisions we were making around around the building so you know actually devices is is net zero carbon in in operation and that wasn't an initial requirement or factor but it was something that we were able to draw lessons on that we could really build in so you know we would design with that in mind so whether it's from detailing looking at natural ventilation you know we added some uh, solar panels pv um, which enabled us to really achieve net zero in, op- in operation and we did that because it was the right thing to do and it's how best can we make this an efficient building to to operate it wasn't a huge cost added later on it was something that was was developed right from the outset and Andy are you seeing that that's having an impact in terms of running costs and so on having the fact that we've delivered a, essentially a, a healthier building as it were through the early workshop design work with Cheryl and the team, we we elected to go all electric with the building, which which was an important decision to make. We elected to go for natural ventilation rather than uh, an active ventilation system. So those kind of key decisions helped helped inform the building. And, and in property services, we've got our own green plan uh, in common with many other NHS organisations. I think we saved about 30% of our carbon footprint since the baseline in 27, 2018. And we're looking to build on that going forward. So really crucial that we looked at how we could develop a building that, that minimised energy use going forward. And there have been lots of detailed discussions about window designs and types and how people can have shades on them and how they can uh, actually, you know, the clinicians, I think, were quite keen that they had a window that was openable. Um, so, you know, a whole load of small design details that we looked at through the process. But also from the very outset, I think, with your team, we were advised to look at a building that was kind of rectangular in shape and that had a kind of north-south orientation to um, maximise opportunities for for the energy-efficient design. So a whole load of elements that, that went into the building. Um, uh, um, I hope when the uh, users get their first um, utility bills, will find a good outcome so certainly early signs are, are very good so and that's the you know the beauty of being able to go and look at a you know you don't always have the luxury of a greenfield site but right from the outset to to be able just to test and challenge some of those assumptions about building orientation that you know can have such a, a massive impact on on how that building's going to to perform being able to be engaged early really allows us to add that value from the outset and so working in the construction industry you know we often talk about net zero carbon, passive house and, and so on. And we understand those, those those real drivers in terms of delivering these types of buildings. Andy, what does the community think about the fact that they've got this net zero carbon in operation building? Does that register at that really local level in the community or is it more about 
the services which the new facility is providing. You know, when, when you go into a building, if I if I go into any building, I'm not necessarily aware of how it's heated and what, what the energy consumption is. But I think, you know, the, the direct impact of reducing the cost of energy and the cost of running the building enables that money to be instead invested in better patient care and more services. So I think whilst people can't see the solar panels on the roof, um, they can't see how thick the walls are on the insulation, they can't see the passive ventilation system that's that's in operation. Um, I think it's it, the, the indirect impacts of being able to save um, costs on energy and, and also hopefully having a comfortable building for a clinicians to work in and be patients to come and visit will also be significant. I mean, we've spoken um, about the environmental benefits that, that the new centre is providing, but we talk about social value or social sustainability is something which is really important as well. And Cheryl, I saw that I think 35% of the, of the supply chain labour was procured from within a 40 mile radius. How difficult was it to to sort of source and get that supply chain in place? Again, was that the habit was being involved early? Did, did it facilitate that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, as you say, you know, we we aim for as much local spend as we can because, as we know, especially when it comes to to healthcare, having those additional jobs, being able to put the money back into the local community, it's not just about the benefits to the project, it's it's the legacy that you can leave as well. So, you know, the more that we can support our our local supply chain and can give those opportunities. I think one of the, the great things when you can use local local supply chain is it's often their hospital or it's often their facility or it's often their, you know, in this case their their treatment centre that, you know, they can they will access or their families will access. And have you had um, interest from other areas? This is obviously a very locally driven project, but have you had other sort of NHS, PS regions coming to visit? Is this being used as, a, as an, an example for other areas? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking, you know, we're, we've been developing a number of other facilities uh, across the area. We've got a new facility down in Hythe that we developed, but we're also... Uh, we, we facilitated a visit by a number of GPs from Surrey who are looking at a new facility over there. Uh, and I think they were really keen to um, see what, what this new facility looks like. And I think they were really, really impressed by the quality of the, the accommodation available, about the approach of you know having that single reception and coming in rather than having lots of different reception areas. So I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be some really good lessons learned from this. Um, so we... we you know, the, the building's got some technology in it. There's, the doors are um, on electronic operations, so we can actually see how often the rooms are used from the data we gather. That will help inform the providers who operate there and the commissioners who commission the services to actually think, are we using this building in the best way? Are there any areas or rooms that we're not using as well as we might? Could we deliver other services from these spaces? So I think... We all know that building technology is is evolving quickly and uh, with sensor technology as well. Hopefully we'll get some good intelligence back from this building, not just in terms of energy use, but actually wider utilisation of the building to understand how how we can continue to use it flexibly um, and, and how we might use it as a model for other other schemes elsewhere. And I think, and, and you're right, you know, again, 
whether it's that early contractor engagement or just understanding that purpose, it means that you know we can we can really look at designing that space. So it's it's giving kind of that longevity of, of space, but also sometimes technology and, and things change really quickly or the needs change. So it also enables us to go and fit out and look at other solutions should they be needed. So that, that building's got a real purpose for, for a long time. And you describe the building as being maybe quite a modest building in itself, but certainly in terms of the way that we are, we've designed the building, that we're using the building, the way that we're using technology, actually, there's some real ambition there. Yeah, and, I, you know, I really hope that, you know, we're, what we're intending to do, we've got a number of other relatively modern health centres within our portfolio. I think we've got about 1,200 in total across, across England, and we can actually look at um, from an energy performance or all sorts of other uh, approaches how this building's performing compared to some of our older stock and and actually hopefully by looking at how we benchmark this building against others it can really drive improvement going forward. See that's exciting isn't it using data from the building to sort of influence strategy and and so on and take take, really drive those lessons learned helps build the business case for future investment as well if we can see that there's a real return on investment by investing in a building having better performance lower energy bills um, you know that all helps build the case for change and and for ongoing investment within the nhs estate it feels something that we as kira committed to as well in terms of you know going in and undertaking those post-occupancy evaluations and kind of really understanding that and then able to take that that data into you know, into all sorts of spaces. So there's a real benefits for the, for the Kia team then, Cheryl, in terms of how we go forwards and work with other clients and to deliver these, these projects? Oh, absolutely. And I said, even the, you know, the smart building technology and, and how you can really utilise space and, and operate, you know, those, those buildings, absolutely. And you, you take it, you know, we mentioned just using some of that the process of passive house into these buildings but then we can then take this process into you know into other sectors as well and really share some of that learning um not just across our our health portfolio but you know with so many people benefit from from what can be quite straightforward and quite simple decisions that that you can make and then as you say underpinned by that data it just makes such a difference and adds so much value by bringing that from the outset yeah i love that so this this idea we, you know we've got this this building in this local community that's having such fantastic benefits for patients and for staff and for the wider community in terms of the economy but also then i guess at this more macro level is the potential impacts in terms of data strategy business case for new buildings but also developing those those skills and that knowledge within the construction industry as well it's just a really fantastic case on so many levels yeah, and I think I think we're really invested in understanding how this building will perform to other buildings going forward. You know, often things happen, new buildings come along, people move on, and you know that that's the end of the story. But actually, really understanding how this building is going to help improve service delivery, um, measuring whether it delivers the benefits that were identified in the business case, I think that's something we're really certainly in property service going to really keep hold of, and I'm sure I'll keep in touch with Cheryl about those kind of things really to. You know, because it, 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 it's really important to learn those lessons going forward um, to, to get your product better every time. So that kind of conti- continuous pr- improvement pathway is, is, is something, you know, w- we're all really focused on as well. Cheryl, you spoke about us using our, uh, our, our passive house knowledge that we've developed um, on projects such as St. Sidwell's Point uh, down in Exeter. But did we have any other experience of delivering projects locally that we were able to 
where we were able to use that local experience and, and knowledge to deliver devices. And a lot of our, our health team have been working in healthcare for, for 15 years. So, you know, really understanding how to ask the right questions. So whether we're doing works at RUH Bath, which actually was was one of the, the stakeholders, Musgrove Park, we've got, you know, a number of, of projects which, albeit aren't necessarily the same primary care facilities or the same um, community care specifically it's all about you know understanding the environment that you're working in um, understanding the the end users requirements and clinicians time is so important as well so being able to really understand how you gather and understand the brief then develop a solution that can be easily signed off with with people who are you know so pressed for time making sure that information is delivered in a really easy to understand um, format that means people can make decisions and get that buy-in. I think they're some of the key lessons that, that we've learnt um, across numerous schemes that we've we've delivered. Andy, if, if, we, uh, if there was one key takeaway that you want to give to our listeners off, off the back of this project, what would it be? We've got um, Dr Richard Sandford Hill um, having a really key leader with a really strong driving force behind the project not just at the very start in setting the vision in having a facility that would integrate care on the site, but actually him being present throughout the project, taking really strong interest, challenging us around programmes, deadlines, all, all those kind of issues, challenging us around funding availability. And I think he also engaged very closely with the local MP as well. So there's a whole, whole um, that whole kind of leadership and leading everyone leading all the different stakeholders through the process from the NHS service provider perspective um, was really, really crucial. And I've no doubt that without him, we might still be talking about what we actually wanted in devices um, uh, going forward. So, and, and Cheryl, for, for you, what would what would your key takeaway be? So for me, I think it's it really is a great example of true partnership and collaboration. Um, I think even being involved right from the outset to, to share the, the vision with us and then setting that collaborative behaviour all the way through. So everything was shared, everything was open and transparent and you had that trust, which I think was really important from everybody working on that project, from you know, all of the stakeholders, from, from Andy's team, from you know the, the cost advisors and our design team and our construction team and our supply chain. Everybody was all bought in. It really was a project delivered by the collective and I think having having everybody bought into that meant that you know we, we were able to deliver on time on budget we didn't have to go back and do any value engineering and we've essentially delivered a building you know that's that's great in in operation for staff and patients and you know into the future that can really take lessons forward. And I, th- I think that's really crucial, isn't it, to recognise the team. You know, there are too many people to mention who were involved in the development of this project. Cheryl and I are on the screen here, but actually there was, you know, a whole load of people behind the scenes. And, and whilst Richard helped drive it forward, um, the contributions of all those different individuals who know who they are um, was, was really crucial in making this project happen and taking it forward um, operationally in the future as well. So we're really pleased to be joined now by Dr Richard Sanford Hill. You are the GP partner of Market Lavington Surgery and we, we were chatting to Andy Strange and he said that you were absolutely a key leader and a driving force behind this project. So, you know, high praise. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. 
no problem at all. It's very kind of Andrew to say so. Just before we sort of get into the, the, the details of the project and so on and the impact, can you describe what your role was? Yeah, well, I think I probably instigated it. So um, uh, it, it all started actually on a BBC Radio Wiltshire interview about seven or eight years ago when uh, Claire Perry, our local MP, asked why there wasn't a, a minor injuries unit in, in Devizes. And at the time I was working at CCG and later went on to be chair of the CCG and said, well, look, actually, we can't justify a standalone unit in Devizes. And that's true. However, I recognised that there possibly was a need for a minor injury service, which uh, would you know, be able to look after some of the minor injuries of the, the patients locally. And we actually had a nurse at the time working at the practice who'd worked in one of the minor injury services locally and now was working for us doing minor illnesses. So I thought, well, hang on a moment. If we want to start developing this, can't we do both together? And if you then start talking as one practice, we're too small. We don't have enough minor injuries. We don't really have enough minor illnesses to have a full-time nurse working out of the practice. But if you then looked around the four practices in devices, you've then got scale. And uh, I then tried to, and succeeded, obviously, in persuading the other practices uh, that actually the model of work doing urgent on-the-day care, uh, we could do as a, as a bigger unit. The three practices in devices were the second worst in Wiltshire for space, i.e. GP space. So came up with the idea of actually a, a new build and putting all just the urgent care there. Now, most patients want to see their doctor for long-term conditions, that continuity of care. If you've got a, a, a sore throat or a chest infection, to be honest, most patients don't mind who they see. They want a healthcare professional that will see them at a, in a timely manner. They don't necessarily see, need to see their own doctor. So with that in mind, we started looking at saying, right, actually, you know what, we can do this. We can also then start looking at other healthcare professionals. So if it doesn't need to be your own doctor, does it need to be a doctor? We then started looking at uh, nurse practitioners. We've got a first point of contact physiotherapist. We've got some PAs, physicians associates, and we've actually got some registrars. So it's massively changed the way we work. The other problem we had in Devizes is there's a, a, a community hospital that uh, has been there for, oh gosh, 150 years, made up number, but you know, that sort of time, that was just falling down. And that used to have wards, maternity units, the minor injuries unit. Uh, but over time, these have been uh, closed down, mothballed, and actually it was in a state of disrepair, to be honest, and with no plan for what the, the end game was for it. There was some physio done there, some audiology, um, some outpatients, but really it was just dying on its feet. So then thought, well, actually, hang on a moment. <laughs> Why don't we lift and shift all the services that are currently being provided in that community hospital and move them over to the new build? So you then got a better integration between the secondary care services that are provided there, the community care services that are provided there, and primary care GP, urgent on the day services. Yeah. So I mean, you had that. You had the vision, um, and obviously based on on your your experience and your knowledge of the community and what the community needed to come up with the idea. The centre has been open since January, so very early days. 
but have you got a sense of the of the impact on patients and staff already of, of working in this way? 100%. So if we look at the two groups of people, the, the physiotherapists that are over there were working in a rundown building that was dark, whereas the new centre is, you know, they've got their own rooms, it's well lit, it's purpose-built, they're uh, good sizes. So they are, I think, very happy. More importantly, the patients that we're seeing, we're offering a a good timely service. They get an excellent service without a doubt. And we've got lots of surveys done uh, of patients that are all extremely positive. Um, of course, like all things, we've had one or two people say, well, why couldn't we move into the old site? Not that bad. But the trouble is in life, if you try and please everyone, you please nobody. It is very difficult to, to please everybody um, with anything. But generally, in, in the community, how, how does the community feel about this? Is it is it well thought of? Is it well regarded? Do you feel people are behind it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the uh, local uh, uh, councillors said to me, you know, we've been waiting 40 years for this. So, look, as I've said to other people, this uh, building is not the end. It's the beginning. Uh, it, it can offer so many services. It's a good-sized unit. We've kept a bit of land at the back so we could expand if needed. Because we're central in the middle of Wiltshire, which is quite a rural community, we can attract other people in. So if we, for example, were to say, right, let's do MRIs there, you know, and get a mobile MRI scanner. For lots of people who live in the villages, coming to Devizes is a lot more convenient than going to Bath, Swindon or Salisbury. So, you know, Location is everything. There's lots of space there. There's lots of parking there. There is public transport there. So I, th- I think we've got a winner, really. And I'd be interested to see how over the next 10, 20 years this, this site and this uh, facility can be developed. We like to talk about this project as being a great example of early contractor engagement and what can be achieved when you get a contractor involved at the the very start of the project rather than sort of part way through when the design's already been done or you know you're, you're quite a ways through when it's difficult to change things so we've spoken to Andy about this and and the, the benefits from his point of view but obviously he's, he's somebody who works in the construction industry just interested to understand your perception of it as somebody who's that end user client if you like rather than that um construction client Look, you want the builders involved because they know what the pitfalls will be and can advise you early on. Um, this project's taken several years to do, to uh, get to where it is. Here, I've had no problems with What I mean by that is when it was right, it's in place, they said we'll deliver it by X, and they did. And then there was no, oh, we're running a bit late or... Uh, yeah, we're delaying you for six months. Uh, they were true to their word, and the project was delivered on time. And you know, I think if you walk around the building, it has you know uh, described on the tin. Really, you know, if you looked at the, what the architect the architect had designed, which we've been part of, um, you can say, yep, that's what we asked for. That's what we talked through. It's there. So you know, I think here have been a, a good partner to have on board. You must be super proud of it. It sounds absolutely fantastic in terms of the impact on the community and, and what you've sort of driven and developed. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's been a few years in the making, but uh, it's 
a great site. It has, as I said, it, this is not the end. It has great potential going forward. I'm uh, delighted. Thank you to all our guests for their time and sharing their expertise. We'll be back next month with a new episode. In the meantime, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also visit kia.co.uk forward slash podcasts to find out more. Thank you.